Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined a Pro Wrestling Hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me as always, a man who over the weekend came face-to-face with Brock Lesnar and did not back down. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was several hundred feet away, but he didn't back down. Derek Halpin. I am the reason he had such a short match, because he was afraid to be in the same building as me for very long. I can't blame him for that. But we have a lot to talk about today, so let's just goddamn get to it. Hit our goddamn music. I can't, I can't express to you how excited I am to talk some fucking pro wrestling today, man. There's a lot to talk about. We got so many topics to cover. Yeah, today, um, this was just a big, a huge week in indie wrestling, but also, I cannot wait to hear about this show you went to. I think it was just a big week in wrestling across the board, um, but we've got lots to talk about. Let's, uh, and I guess, let's just start off with the news that dropped last night which is relevant to both of us, but specifically to my location in the world. Uh, the uh, the Bullet Club has announced the uh, location for their all-in show, their 10,000-plus seat arena show that they've been planning on doing for a while. And uh, Garrett, why don't you let everyone know who probably already do know, but why don't you make the announcement on where they're doing the show at? <laughs> Chicago. Well, How no, convenient. you're fucking wrong. You're fucking wrong, man. It's Hoffman Estates, man. Oh, hello, Mr. Internet. Mr. Internet. That is is the internet doing that today? Where they're like, that's not <laughs> fucking Chicago, you piece yeah. of shit. No, it's 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 basically Chicago. It's 25 miles outside of Chicago. Yeah. They, you mean uh, I got an Uber for 25 fucking miles? I already flew in <laughs> from God knows where. <laughs> have have fun Have fun paying that Uber. Yeah, maybe rent a car. Or, you know what? Make a goddamn friend. Get a ride out there. It's going to be so much fun. I'm actually reading the venue holds closer to uh, 11,500. Yep, over 10,000. Over uh, And uh, who knows? I know that uh, TNA has actually run some shows out of there before. Okay, um, what was done... it called? What is the actual city called? It's called Hoffman Estates, and the name of the building is the Sears Center. It's currently the home of the Chicago Bulls is like their, their, their minor league affiliate, the Windy City Bulls, they play out of there. It's actually a pretty nice suburb. I've been through there only like a couple of times, but it's, it's, I think it's a pretty wealthy community over there. It's not often that my travels send me to a nice neighborhood. Well, <laughs> I guess the Bolt Club was being very considerate to everyone. <laughs> I'm so uh, there, used I mean, to something being announced and me being like, oh, Hope my car doesn't get broken. <laughs> no, I think you'll be fine. Um, like I said, I've never actually been to this venue before, but hey, I'm going to try to go. Like, I, I, I had so many people situation. text me at the same time last night just letting me know, did you see the news? And you know what? I love getting all those texts. I like seeing that many people in my phone excited about this. This is, I mean, the Young Bucks have created something that I think this has gotten bigger than... They were expecting possibly, maybe. I mean, just but the at hype the same time, it. they did have they did have the balls to announce that they they believed that they could do this. So I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's it's gotten fucking big. It's gotten fucking bigger than I would have thought. And I was just happy as hell. They did actually announce Chicago. It had been rumored, you know, for quite a while that that might be the place that they pick. They didn't know what building. There had been some rumors it could still be at Allstate Arena, which WWE does a lot of their shows out of. Which, that would have been um, a lot more than 10,000. I don't think it would have been a lot more. It's not nearly as big as people think it is as far as seating capacity. But um, good building. I'll talk more about that later. But, but you know, there, there were places in the city that they could have done that. And uh, I had actually just heard the rumor about Sears center. I think last week that there were murmurs that it could be out there. So it's just, it's so cool seeing people from all over the country and even just kind of worldwide. I've already seen people say they've booked plane tickets for that weekend. So my main concern right now is getting goddamn tickets. 
Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, fuck, who, and who knows what service they're going to go through because the, this is honestly, I think they're not giving themselves enough credit. I think they could have even booked a bigger venue. I think so and, too. That's what I'm saying. I think that they originally said ten thousand, not realizing. But they also did such a good job with their web series being the elite building this up and just giving you such little information correct, about anything, like other than just gradually dropping a wrestler with the, the phrase all in. Right. No, I, I think, um, I don't know, it, it is concerning because this is going to be like a, like, like a mini WrestleMania for some people. I, there's going to be people who fly in from all over for this show. And the fact that it is only like about 11,000 seats, like th- I, th- I don't think they're going to have an issue filling that place. Like th- I think that they're going to have to, that thing is going to be packed, packed to the gills as they would say. Well, that's what and, I, cause I've had a lot of people message me today, like wanting to get a bunch of tickets together and like some people wanting front row and like people, it was just like, I'm not concerned. Like I'm just concerned about getting in the door. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think we'll find a way. Oh, I think um, we'll get in, but it's just like I'm okay. I I buy a lot of tickets to shit, and I will say like trying to get like eight seats together, you're gonna have like just so much worse luck getting good seats than if you're just going for two, right? Like absolutely, because like, that's like a section. <laughs> yeah, I I don't want to like abandon anyone on this, but also for a big show like this, this is kind of an every man for themselves situation. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Like, uh, like I, I don't think anybody could fault you for this kind of being a situation where if you want to go, you're on your own. This isn't. This isn't like, oh, this will be kind of a casual thing that we can just kind of put one person in charge of and and hope. No, this is gonna be rough. Uh, there's gonna be some people who are left out, and it's it's and the and the twitters there will be complaining. They they will there say will that that it was a flawed system and that it wasn't fair and that all the scalpers got them first. And 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 if, it, if they go through Ticketmaster, that will be absolutely true. Well, it is not true. Ticketmaster's <laughs> fine, just like Fuck Bullet Club Ticket- used no. to be. No, Ticketmaster's not fine. No, Live Nation's I, not fine. You know what? I will go ahead and say positive about wrestling here, but I don't have to stay positive about Ticketmaster. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, at this point, it is every man for himself. I wish I could sit with everyone that, like, you know that we've been talking to about this, but for real, I'm going for the throat on this one. I just need in that door. Yeah. I don't really give a shit where I'm at as long as I'm in the building. Um, that's exciting. And, and it's, and it's minimum effort for me cause I don't have to go very far for it. So yeah, it's goddamn. And it, like you said though, for a lot of people, this is WrestleMania. This is, this is like, you know, indie wrestling WrestleMania where I, and we only have a handful of names. Like so far it's really just the elite. Uh, plus Stephen Amell and Tessa Blanchard. And if you do watch the uh, series Being the Elite, you will know Flip Gordon not invited. That's a strong no on Flip Gordon. So what do you think are the odds that they can actually get CM Punk in that building? See, uh, this is one of those things that people are going to be like, you're all getting worked. He's not showing up. Yeah, he probably isn't. But guess what? They are working me right now. When I see CM Punk <laughs> finally make a tweet about pro wrestling, it makes you wonder. Oh, that that just gives a little. It just rushes a little bit of blood to my penis. Because he doesn't have to. He's done a pretty good job of just not addressing pro wrestling at all. But recently, has at least acknowledged people are still talking about him in relation. I mean, fuck, dude, the guy has a shop on pro wrestling tees and still does a good job of avoiding talking about pro wrestling at any chance he gets. So, but the Bucks did say that uh, even if they booked CM Punk, they will not say anything. They said it would have to be night of that he just shows up and you see him because they want to sell this out on their own or just you know them and their their crew. Correct. Um, and and I, they're not going to have an issue with that, by the way. No, like, <laughs> I mean, Kenny Omega is a draw. People are willing to travel for this. I have to imagine, like, they don't even have a matchup lined up yet. I mean, because it's so far out. But the the possibilities of where they're going with this could just be so fun. I think the one match I can tell we're going to get, I'm, I'll, I'd put money on it. I think we're definitely we're going to get that Hangman Page versus Joey Ryan match. Well, I, I think that's a possibility. Do you think they're going to do some more Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega stuff? It, I guess it just depends where we're at in September. And that's, that's true. The good thing like is they've said, got their own show, off, kind so. of. So 
there's a there's a lot of people that could be added to this. There's a lot of speculation. Like, you know, just once again, possibly still Bola weekend. So right. are they I have to think that Bola would possibly change weekends rather than, you know, have to compete and have half their wrestlers be gone at this. You would think. But uh, yeah, I mean, that that was the big news that dropped last night. I had kind of a lazy day yesterday after I got home from work. I, I kind of napped all day, tried to watch some Raw, um, ended up going back to sleep. And then I kind of woke up like right around the time the uh, the news dropped. And I got a text from you saying, hey, they're doing Chicago. It's been confirmed. And uh, then I was awake for another 15 minutes, pretty excited. A little adrenaline burn off. And then I went back to bed. And so, uh, yeah, it's set September 1st. Well, Chicago. It's Chicago. It's technically Chicago. Or for, you know, whatever. I can't wait. Like, this is... It's crazy. Like, we have so much good wrestling coming up this year uh, that we're attending. Like, today, uh, you know, Money in the Bank and NXT ticket for Chicago went on sale. I got us those. We're going to be in the house uh, for those shows. I'm a lot of Chicago more, stuff to talk about today. I'm just, I'm so much more excited for All In just because it's unknown. And you know they're going to put on a good big show. Fuck yeah, they will. But uh, speaking of good shows, I had a good show over the weekend, too. Shit, man. I, so, wh- where'd you go? Everyone kind of knows by now that I actually went to the first show that WWE has run out of the United Center in over 20 years. And it was a Raw House show. And fuck, man, I just had a lot of fun. Um, it had been uh, about a, what, a year and a half since I'd gone to a wrestling show by myself. Um, God, I, there's I, I feel like I've got so much to talk about. I don't even know where to begin. Um, well, I had you went kind there of, pretty early, right? Yeah, like, you kind I, of I, had you kind of had like a, a Ferris Bueller's Day Off, just hanging out in Chicago and doing some sightseeing, didn't you? Well, well, well. The thing is, the United Center uh, isn't far from where I live. I live just a little bit north of the United Center, so my girlfriend dropped me off in the neighborhood, and I kind of figured I would just spend a few hours down around the area. I was kind of hoping to bump into somebody. Maybe get have a moment with somebody on the roster, and uh, didn't end up happening. So you know, I, I got something to eat. I walked around, um, got to hang out because you see, one I don't think a lot of people realize that the United Center is a great venue. They've actually done some renovations and some additions to it in the last year or two, and so they had like a, they have like a new atrium area over on the east side of the building. A lot of, I mean, they were they were you know showing pictures of the event on the outside of the building, and uh, did I see that they was, had a chair or something from the first event they ever had there, which was I believe like they a had SummerSlam a, or something. Yeah, they had a chair there, I think from SummerSlam. I can't remember what year it was, um, but they had it autographed, and it was in there. Like the, I guess they have like a, a place in the United Center that's like a museum for past events, and uh, I didn't. I mean, they didn't have it on display for us, as far as I could see, but. Um, yeah, so I got there, uh, pretty early, kind of hung out, was catching the, you know, just picking up the vibes and like how excited people were. First thing I got to say, I got to, I got to start off by saying this, I mean, this could be a whole rant on, on its own. A lot of people realize when you go to a WWE show that you will see a fuck ton of bullet club merchandise at WWE shows that can't be, I can't overstate that enough. Um, and it wasn't like the crowd that was wearing them was all adults. No, the, the WWE crowd was a lot of fucking kids. There were so many children at this show, and children and adults alike. So much fucking Bullet Club stuff, so much Kenny Omega stuff, so much Cody Rhodes stuff. And I, I think it dawned on me at some point while I was waiting in line looking around at all the people wearing this Bullet Club merch, I was like... How the fuck d- does Ring of Honor and New Japan or or what? Like, how do they not have like a mainstream like cable network time slot? Because when when that that many people are showing up to a WWE show, like it, I think it finally hit me. Like not since like the NWO and WCW has there something been this big outside of WWE? Can you think of anything? Well, I mean. No, I mean, you mean just, no, 
straight up any, <laughs> like, anything outside of WWE since, since WCW and the NWO kind of and the the invasion angle. I like. It's I, so I really fucking don't... crazy. Like you have to imagine that all of the Bullet Club, like you know, grew up watching this shit. Uh, they're huge fans. Probably dreamed of you know one day being in the WWE. That dream, I'm sure, changed, but still to be able to watch the show and you can never turn on a WWE program without just seeing a sea of Bullet Club shirts. Right. That has to feel pretty fucking cool. I bet it feels awesome. But here's the thing. This is a house show. So this isn't like like somebody's wearing it so they can be seen on TV. This is just them wearing it to a wrestling show. And it was a lot of children. So it's, it's not just like an adult... I, I you know people make the the comment you know WWE is essentially the Disney of pro wrestling and that there's I mean there's a, a fuck ton of truth to that so I go to this show and I realize man I think early on I was like man I think it finally hit me once again that just uh, like I don't know how many kids were gonna be there and then what that crowd was gonna sound like and well, uh, we lined up go ahead go ahead oh no I was just gonna say but like as far as wrestling T-shirts go. Do you think that it's kind of like when you go to a concert, how, you know how it's like, it's not cool to wear a t-shirt of the band that you're going to see? Well, if you're going to a WWE show, does that, do you think people feel like a little bit of rebellion where they're sticking it to the thing that they just gave a bunch of money to? Well, here's the thing. I think like in a, like a teen or an adult may feel that way, but I, I'm, I'm telling you there were kids maybe 10 years old who were wearing Kenny Omega shirts. That's so awesome. I love that. It's and it's and I think it just finally dawned on me. It's like the, the like I asked the question earlier. Like if not now, then when? Because it I I can't imagine it get getting any bigger. I can't. Well, have you read any of the interviews with Mark Cuban? No, I haven't. Uh, Cuban, I guess, has a hand in the Sinclair Broadcast Network that ends up broadcasting New Japan shows. And right. he's been doing a lot of interviews with like ESPN and Sports Illustrated, just kind of talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling being the future, and that when people get their eyes on that, how it's going to explode. And he isn't wrong, but I want to know what he's doing to help it get there. Yeah, I don't know. Timing is everything on stuff like this. So, like, I'm not again. This isn't me trying to do like a negative, like, like spin on on the bullet club or 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 the rise of indie wrestling but like i like i said i can't imagine it getting any bigger like the time to capitalize on this shit is now i mean even just ring of honor i think like their shows are getting bigger and bigger more people are showing up uh i i'm still running into a fair amount of people that only watch wwe and actually don't know the bullet club at all um but that's still pretty rare i think at this point you know it's, right. It just, I and it sucks because it's you know watching it, you're just like fuck. If people watched this show, they would like this show better. Maybe, I I I just, I don't know. I guess uh, that was my first impression while I was just kind of waiting in line for the show. Was I was I mean I knew that a lot of people wore Bullet Club merch. I was just floored at the demographic and the quantity. I mean it was everything. Like uh, there, I think th- after. The Bullet Club merch, the number one, you know, superstar that I saw merchandise for there was actually Finn Balor. Really? Correct. There I mean there were there was a there were a ton of kids there with Finn Balor stuff on. I, I saw people wearing like the Balor Club leather jacket. Um Yeah, I mean it so we line up, we get in, um, I walk by the merch stand, didn't really see anything that kind of stood out. They kind of have and, had disappointing merch lately. Well, and here's like, the just other like thing. older guys and like re- people that aren't even around anymore. Like, you, you know, it's it's hard to get just like somebody like the Miz or, you know, Elias or something like that. Well, yeah. It, it, and, and I and I mentioned this to my girlfriend the other day. I said. Never mind the fact that the, it, they've upped the price on the merchandise in person. Like it's it's way cheaper to buy <laughs> WWE shirts off of their website than it is to do it in person. And now a shirt there costs $35. That could um, have been the United Center as well. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was like that. It, it was like that at Rosemont okay. in December. And it was like that in September, 2016 at the house show I went to because the shirt that I bought there was like, I think like almost $40 after tax. So yeah, 
So I, you know, I checked that out. Didn't really see anything I liked. Went and grabbed my pictures. And, and my seat was kind of off. If you're facing the stage, I was to the right. Um, great seat, especially considering I, I spent like 20 bucks on it. Thought I was on the floor originally. because I think that, That's what the guy told me. But ended up being a way better spot because actually where I thought I was going to end up um, was kind of, that was like a section that didn't really sell. Like it was it, like the building was packed, but the, like the floor section, like closest to the stage and furthest away from the ring that there were a lot of empty like chairs down there. That's good. You're paying so much for those seats and it's just, it is not a, a lot of fun being at the very back of the floor. No, I've been back there one time and it, it really isn't a great seat. So, I mean, you still have fun cause you're kind of in the middle of the energy. But I mean, you're always you're gonna have a good time wherever you sit in a building, whether it's you know the top row or the front row. Uh, but there is something about that. Like I would rather be elevated a little bit in the uh, arena. That's exactly where I was at. I had a great view. Um, if I could do that for twenty bucks, I would do that every fucking time. So, um, show starts. Um, and uh, the first match of the night that we got was uh, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt, which was actually Wyatt's entrance was fucking awesome. Um, it's always I, I, fun to see that goddamn thing live. Yeah, it really, really is. Like, I, I think I, <laughs> I think I got, I don't know. You got goosebumps. So go ahead and say it. I did. Like, I, like, I wasn't expecting. First of all, it was a, it was actually a really good opening match, and I was curious. Like, as soon as I heard his music, being like, ah, is this going to be a good way to start off the show? No, great way to start off the show. I think the, like the back and forth, their antics and the craziness worked. It felt like the crowd was way more into this one than they were even at the pay-per-view. What were, like, were people, a lot of people doing the delete thing? Were people into it? People seemed to be into it. Uh, and Wyatt was getting a pretty strong heel reaction. I'm so, still having a hard time reading if people are loving or not giving a shit about Jeff or Matt Hardy right now. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, a, good, it was a good opening match. Um, then they went and they did a cruiserweight fatal four-way between Mustafa Ali, Jack Gallagher, Lince Dorado, and Aria Davari. Did it feel different? Like when you're watching the cruiserweights at a house show, like how 205 Live is fucking awesome now. Uh, did you feel that watching it on at a house show? Like did their match well, feel like a little more indie style or? Maybe. It, it may have been like the third or fourth best match of the night. Um but I think it was different. This this show was different, or at least this match was different, because Mustafa Ali is a Chicago guy. So there was a lot of hometown reaction for him, and he ended up winning the match. So I think people were into the match primarily because they had like a rooting interest in, okay. in like, who won. But it was actually it was a pretty good match. Um, I was entertained by it, uh, and I'm not usually a big cruiserweights guy. So uh, they had a lot of, you know... 205 livey cruiserweight spots, a lot of high flying and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, a good, good match. Um, then they did a God, I can't remember what the next match was, but uh, pulling it up here, sorry. Um, they did, oh, Elias came out, so Elias did like an extra long set. I couldn't believe how long they gave him. He let um, you know that how shitty Chicago was. Yeah. I mean, he started off, he was actually, he was, he was, he was being nice to Chicago. He like, I think he likes to pull the, oh, I'm going to be good to this crowd. Oh, just kidding. Um, Did the crowd they, love it? Well, that, that was the thing is that like, there was definitely a percentage of the crowd that like, he got the 50, 50 reaction because there's, I think there's people who appreciate like a really like witty, creative heel. And that was definitely amongst that crowd. And, uh, yeah. So, so I forgot to mention this. So I get into my seat. And so during the show, I feel like I had like a pretty, like I I've heard different re like reactions on social media about what the crowd was like. Maybe I was emerged in a, in a specific like a section because sitting directly behind me, the entire row was filled. Like it was like, I don't know if it was like a boy scout troop or, or, or what, but it was like 15 kids. They're for like, real like, is nothing more fun than being surrounded by children at a house show. I mean, you like nothing matters except the show. Exactly. Like I think, and I think it was fun getting to watch them care about everything. 
Like literally every detail, like they 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 cared, they had it, they were invested, and who, I don't know who it, did it was, the kids pop for. Like who was who was the biggest kid pop of the night? Um, please tell me it was Kane again. It wasn't Kane. I I fuck I, Seth Rollins and Finn Balor got a good reaction, but that's um, just such Rome, a cool pairing. Like because you didn't know they were gonna pair going into it, right? No, no, they 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 could have gone a million different ways with those two, but uh, it like and Roman Reigns and John Cena got got a good reaction too, um. So that I mean that can't that can't be denied, and uh, yeah. But uh, Elias and Strowman had a, like a, a fun segment. Uh, Elias talked shit on Chicago for a little while, and then Strowman came out and interrupted him. And let me guess, he showed him those hands. He did show him those hands. Elias tried to avoid <laughs> the match for as long as he could. Running away, Strowman got a hold of him, gave him the power slam, and um, yeah. And then after the match was over, the crowd asked for one more power slam, and Braun gave it to him. Got Such out a nice of there. guy. He is. He's Such a, a nice he's guy. A, like a guy with <laughs> nipple rings. Like you just don't expect. No, I I think the crowd. I, I really liked the crowd for the show. Um, so around this time, because I had gotten down there so early, my phone started getting really low on battery. So. Uh, they set up the neck, the fourth match of the night, which was the club and Heath Slater and Rhino versus the Miz Taraj and the Revival. It was an eight-man tag match. And um, Wait, was the so Miz I, I, involved in this? No, not at all. Miz wasn't there. Miz was not at this show at all? No. Well, then what was the point of going? I thought you said this was a good show. Shh. Let it go. He's okay. a busy man. You know he's a busy man. I mean, I thought this was going to be the most must-see house show of all time. Look, we don't need to go off on a Miz tangent right now because I've got plenty of good things to okay, say about okay, Miz okay. going into WrestleMania. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so around this time, I went out onto the concourse um, about halfway through this match uh, to go charge my phone at one of the charging stations. Uh, the club, I, I was able actually to watch this match. They had it running on the TVs in the building, so I was able to kind of watch the match um, while I was charging my phone. The club ended up getting the pinfall. And uh, this led into the match right before the intermission, which is the match that everybody's talking about on the interwebs. Um, it was Brock Lesnar defending the Universal Title against Kane, and uh, match lasted about thirty-five seconds. Um, Brock Lesnar got got a decent amount of cheers when he came out from the crowd. And I have to imagine, like it's still like even though you know we're kind of pissed at him that we never get to see him. There's still a when you're in person and you do get to see him, it's still exciting a little bit. I mean, it feels special, but like here's the thing. He was the guy that they put front and center on all the advertisements for this show. And I didn't get I wasn't fooled. I knew Brock Lesnar wasn't showing up to have like a ten minute match with Kane. But that would be hard I on a pay per view. That would be hard anytime. That would be hard in your head. So that would be hard on SmackDown to know your role. <laughs> Which Lesnar was not on. Yeah, that's why it'd be um, so hard. You could create him, though. You were always good at that. Yep, I was. Create a wrestler was my thing for a few years. One of my favorites uh, that you created was Nosferatu. <laughs> Nosferatu may very well be my greatest create a wrestler creation. Um, also did uh, Jason Statham's character, the, the transporter. Jesus um, Christ. Like, I picture you take him... Give him Steve Blackman's moves, and you've just that got was, the transporter. <laughs> That's basically what I did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, Nosferatu was my best. Um, Whose moves did but, you give Nosferatu? I just gave him really like I think all of his taunts were really really creepy. I gave him a lot of like heel moves, like like back rakes because he had the nails and everything. Gee. I gave. <laughs> I gave him biting moves, like where you lean down and like bite the guy's face or whatever. Um, I didn't give him like a ton of. I, I gave him stuff that involved him not being super mobile or high fly. But uh, which you maybe you should have because he's a bat. Maybe dude flies, man. This is the best tangent. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't being sarcastic. Like, uh, oh. But uh, it, yeah, so um, Lesnar comes out, does the, it, it got such a, here's the thing. I was on the concourse. The match was so fucking short that the, like, I didn't even have a chance to go back in. 
Wait, so did so, you miss the that match? Absolutely. Wait, you watched it on those TVs? Correct. Okay, so the match the match lasted 35 seconds. So bell rings does Kane Two get suplexes. offense in? Kane I'm I'm not exaggerating. This is a this is a transcript of the match. The bell rings. Lesnar does two suplexes to Kane. Kane sits up, Undertaker style, and goes for a choke slam. He goes to pick Lesnar up with a choke slam. Lesnar reverses it, hits him with an F5, one, two, three. That was the match. And then Lesnar didn't even hang around in the ring and show off the belt. He grabbed the belt and made his way down the aisle with Heyman. What what was Heyman? What did he look like? Like, did he look like, was he out there hamming it up and being Paul Heyman? Or? He was being Paul Heyman. He came down and took the mic from uh, JoJo. Um, so you got to hear the and, entrance. like Yeah, he did the entrance, and that was it. You know, if so, I were them, I would be a little annoyed that I had to get on an airplane for that. Well, you see, that's the, and this this was kind of my argument going uh, in in reviewing it. There's, I mean, there's a lot of things I can say about Brock Lesnar's contract and his his schedule in WWE. Motherfucker, if if I'm getting on a plane and flying there, like maybe I'm just a different cat, but I would at least make it worthwhile, right? I think that that would be the thought process of some. I I mean I would like to think like, it would be the thought process of most of the guys on the roster right now, well, maybe other than like Randy that, Orton. There's a few guys on that roster that even if they had Lesnar's contract and even if they had Lesnar's schedule, if they had to make that flight, they would occasionally think, "I'm going to surprise them, and I'm going to do something like that they just don't see me do." Like that crowd would have shit their pants if Lesnar wrestled a 2003 Brock Lesnar style match. Not that I ever expected that. Not that anybody ever expected that going into this house show. I would have expected tops out of that match four or five minutes, 35 seconds. Like, like for a match that they, I mean, they were really pushing that as like, Oh, you're going to see the Lesnar defend the universal title. Sure. It was a squash match. And I think, there may have been, I mean, how many people who paid full price for like a ringside ticket to that show? <laughs> that was the match that they were looking forward to. And that's what they got. Yeah. You so, mean like if you asked every single person in the room, do you feel like you got your money's worth on this match? No one is going to walk away saying yes. Yeah. They're full of shit. If they do that now, exactly now, what did, I paid for. Do, did they get their money's worth on the rest of the show? Absolutely. Okay. This is my question, and this is the main thing I wanted to talk about. I was reading that the just the crowd completely changed from that moment forward. Is that true? Like, did every like I just heard there was so many boos the rest of the show to anyone because of the Lesnar thing? No. I, I've I've seen those same reports. And yes, I know that I was sitting in a section with a lot of kids. I'm taking that into consideration. I don't know what the fuck people are talking about. Are they just starting some shit? It sounded like, I mean, that's what I took it as. Because, so, so they do that match, and, I, and, and, and they did it at the right time. It was the match that led into intermission. You got to kind of go rinse your mouth out and come back. And the match that they came back with was the women's match. Which may have been, I mean, it's it was like probably one or match number one or match number two of the night. Who and, uh, uh, who was in the women? Was it did the women only get one match for the whole night? Yes, um, it ended up being um, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Mickey James, and uh, Asuka against Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville. Did they play yeah. up any uh, any face heel things with Sasha and Bailey? Absolutely, they did. They actually had both Mickey James and Sasha Banks turn on their team. Okay, so both it looks like so if you so it appears that Sasha is going to be the one to turn. That to me, it, that's what I think. But they maybe just wanted me to think that. Um, but to me, that'd be the right decision. I think Sasha Banks is a better heel. Um, well, we're saying that, but we have never seen Bailey as a heel. That's true, but I, I also think people 
I, I, I wanted to get this in, even if it's only a couple seconds. That crowd on Saturday was really into Bailey. There's still a segment of that fan base that Bailey may be like the female John Cena, where they just like there's nothing that they, like I don't know. They were, they, I mean, they that crowd was chanting for Bailey. This is, and this is what I don't get is when we come out of the intermission. If anybody who was still down about the Lesnar Kane situation, I didn't hear it because people were really into that match, and people were really into Bailey in that match. See, um, I didn't read anything negative about that match. I read that like. The crowd, because of the, like, it sounds like these were just garbage reports, but I was reading that fans took over the main event and just completely ruined it in protest to the Lesnar thing. Oh, Reigns Lesnar? No, uh, Reigns Cena. Oh, that's, sorry, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Sorry. Reigns Cena. Um, here's the thing about that. So, the, yeah, that was the final match of the night. Um. That's that's some wicked spin if people are saying that. People were fuck Gary, I shouldn't even have to explain this to you. You know the reaction those two dudes get. They so both what, got what, booed, they both got cheered. Correct. Like I don't know what the fuck people are talking about. I heard that like they people were chanting this is boring and it sounds like I just read a whole bunch of garbage reports. Yeah, to me well a lot of what I read was garbage. Um, I heard I, I saw one tweet from a guy who was at the show. He said the crowd was fucking horrible for the show, and I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" It was great, um, and God I'm not here it. to. What I'm just saying, the announcers are right. There's no such thing as wrestling journalism. Well, I'm here to tell you <laughs> the crowd. The crowd was pretty good. I, I'm not going to tell you it's the best crowd I've ever been a part of, but it it didn't bother me while I was there, and I thought they were pretty. They were pretty good. I, I think the thing with the with the Rain Cena match. Like you said, the cheers that were there, the boos were there. The match they started off slow. They they did the match like they had some time because they did. So there were a lot of holds. There was a lot of you know, Reigns would hit a move, Cena would roll out of the ring, Cena would come back in, get a move, and then you know Reigns would take a minute. So they did a little bit of back and forth, and I so the crowd did have a boring chant. But I, if that was in response to to Lesnar Kane, I didn't I didn't see it. Okay, so it was it more in response to they were doing like. A twenty-five minute main event match, kind of thing. Correct, and and I and I and anyone who's saying that was because they they would have gotten that response regardless. That, Did, that was uh, just the way. Th- was the match gimmicked at all? I know. Um, I feel like a lot of the matches I go or the house shows I've been to, they for whatever reason just always end with a street fight. Nope. This was the, the, the credit to them. This was just straight one on one. Good. No, no gimmicks. Um, it was, and it was an okay match. Like it, it may have been like the third best batch of the night. Um, I know Reigns kicked out of an AA and Cena did not kick out of the spear. Just one. So there were like, you know, Reigns went over, um, took some time, you know, doing stuff. I, I, I but I didn't really get a chance to talk the match of the night easily, easily match of the night. In my opinion was the bar against Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. And that was so much fucking fun. I believe um, the, that. Isn't that that's so crazy? Like, I feel like people were really shitting on the bar there for a minute. I feel like right now no one's really saying much at all. So about the bar, but those dudes so, work hard and they look like they're having a pretty good time doing it. And and I do think people like I know that you don't necessarily boo them. I do think people want to boo them. So they they were getting a strong heel reaction in Chicago. So here's what I I'm almost embarrassed to admit this. I bought six bar t-shirts, <laughs> all the same one, so that I can wear it every single day of the week, but and, Sunday. And different sizes, and different sizes, too, in case my weight changes. Yeah, I never want to um, not be able to wear this bar t-shirt. <laughs> hey, so, you don't got to be embarrassed about that, man. No, this is not where this is going at all. I didn't buy a single piece of merch there, fucker. Um, so, I got worked. In in my heart, I got worked. Maybe not outwardly, because they're doing an angle. They had been, uh, this is before Raw on Monday, so keep that in mind. They had been doing an angle where there's been tension between Rollins and Balor on TV, and part of me started to wonder as the match went on. It was a really good match. It, basically, Rollins started the match, and then he tagged Balor in, and then they like Balor was you know trapped. And they wouldn't let Balor get the tag. They wouldn't let Balor get the tag. He got the hot tag. I they they were recording it, you know, obviously for the you know the hard camera 
you know, for the, for the, uh, the, you know, the video board there. But I kept looking for like, you know, the, the guy who has like the, the wireless camera down there. Um, because part of me was like, wouldn't it be nuts if they had them win the tag titles at a house show? <laughs> They've done it before. They, and, and if you were going to like fuck mind, fuck people with a belt, why not make it those ones? Correct. And they and they've taken the belts on and off of the bar so many times that it wouldn't surprise me, and it would make for a decent storyline on Raw that Rollins and Balor have to have this awkward like, oh, I guess we're tag champs now. So like, I wasn't sitting there expecting it, but part of me was like, man, wouldn't it be crazy if they just did like a surprise belt change at this house show because it was a big fucking house show. It was the first time they had been there in over twenty years. It was a sold out crowd. Um. I mean, that place was packed. They were rowdy. Everyone was into that match and it ended with a DQ. Uh, I think Rollins took over the match after he got the hot tag back in. And uh, yeah, I, uh, then they got the Finn Balor's abs looking. Looking fucking glorious. I think there's moments where I look at Balor, especially when, when I saw him live. And he's he's got such an athletic fucking build that sometimes I get a little, little embarrassed looking at him because he's just wearing wrestling tights. And sometimes I feel like I'm just looking at a dude, like that personification of dudes wrestling in their underwear never hits me stronger than it does with Finn Balor. I think he gives us all feelings. (laughs) Like I just like, there's a shot of, there's a shot I took of him while I was there. I posted it up on our Facebook and on our Twitter where it's him from a side angle, standing on the ring apron, waiting for a tag. And it's just like, man, that's just, that looks like just like a naked man from, <laughs> from you're looking far. at him and you're thinking, you know what? Maybe if I was in a room alone with him and he's like, it'd be nice if we kissed Derek. You're like, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> it would you be think nice. that's what I would say? <laughs> I mean, are you going to turn him down? I would like to think so. Oh, I don't think you care. I think you... <laughs> Are you trying to pin me into a corner here? No, but he will. Not in he a forceful way. He'll be a he'll be a gentle lover. I like to see his coup de gras. Jesus, <laughs> just ends with you screaming. Uh, so screaming yeah, joy. and then so that was so that was match of the night. Even though it ended with a DQ, which again does go to show that yes, there are times where the wins and losses absolutely don't fucking matter. It's just the match, and it was a great fucking match, and. uh they sent the crowd home happy because the bar tried to get out of there with their belts. And then I think Rollins grabbed a chair and whacked him. And then they ended up, you know, giving their finishers to both. And uh, the crowd was happy. And then they went into the main event, which was Cena Reigns. And we already, we already talked about that. And yeah. So after the show, um, I, I hung back, let the crowd file out a little bit. And then I went to the backside of the building and I kind of, you know, hung out over kind of where the wrestlers like leave in their cars and stuff. Got to see Mickey James leave. Um, she, you know, said hi to a couple people. She was super friendly. So I saw Bailey and Sasha leave together. I saw Rollins leave. He had somebody next to him in his car. I don't know who it was. So, but here, here's the, here's the, uh, the scandalous, uh, story I can tell you. I saw Bray Wyatt leave and I saw Bray Wyatt leave with Jojo. What? Yeah. Is Bray he, Wyatt is left he divorced with Jojo. Now? Uh, from what I understand. Yeah. It's not fact, our, I think it's not our business to see what Bray Wyatt's up to on the outside of his goal. We're a pro wrestling podcast. We can talk about whatever the fuck we want. Well, I don't want to I don't want to get him in. He's not in trouble. He's a grown man. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, I love me some Bray Wyatt. If um, anything like it, she shouldn't be getting mixed up with one of these backwoods hillbilly guys. <laughs> well, here's the thing. He can't take her home to the family anymore because Randy Wharton burned down the compound. Yeah, did she not watch that match and see his house? <laughs> Maybe she did. Maybe She's that's like, what I she likes. went to the House of Horrors. It's fucking filthy. <laughs> it's not a place I want to have sex. Like it is you're going to get an infection there. And the thing is it's not like it's not like hoarders filthy. It's just like a pretty dirty house. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So I saw Bray Wyatt with JoJo. It was cold. <laughs> You're like, I'm not discussing the goddamn House of Horrors house I, again. That, maybe that's an episode. Maybe we'll just do an episode where we talk about the weirdest fucking matches in history, and that will be in there. That and that match where they fought on like a semi-trailer while it was driving. Yep. 
forklift matches. That's an episode. Fucking forklift matches. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So, uh, great show. Um, I had fun. Uh, easily worth every penny of my 20 bucks would do that every time. Um, I overheard one of the guys before the show actually say that, um, as much as they, he loves Rosemont and that's where they're doing money in the bank from. And, and, you know, for the foreseeable future, he says they'll be back because the, I think the United center holds, you know, a bit more and it's, I think it's just easier. I think people like it when it's in the city more. I think it's harder for people to travel out to Rosemont than it is just to go to the United Center. But was there a situation kind of like with Madison Square Garden where Madison Square Garden charges too much for televised events and that's why they only have house shows there now? I don't know. I don't know the details on that. I th- I've always heard that it's because... So for anyone who doesn't know... WrestleMania 22 and and most of the the big shows that happen in Chicago happen out and technically it's Rosemont, Illinois. It's a suburb that's northwest of Chicago. Um, it's kind of by relatively close to O'Hare Airport. Um, and that's and and, and here's the thing: R- the Allstate Arena out in uh, Rosemont is is kind of famous for being a lot of wrestlers' favorite building because um, it gets super fucking loud. It's got a wood roof. Um, I know Stone Cold and Edge and Christian and a bunch of other wrestlers say they love wrestling in there because it traps the sound in there and the place roars. And I can attest to this. It's 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 a um it doesn't have like a normal concourse like a lot of modern arenas do. They can cuz a lot of modern arenas they do like ramps and elevators to get to different levels and escalators. This is more stairs everywhere and it's a lot of times when you're walking the concourse and and Allstate you can get lost. And you'll feel like you're just like in a stared location in the back of like a mall. But the building itself, it traps sound really fucking well. And uh, yeah, loud also, building. Um, this is That is kind of a, a bucket list venue for me because you do hear so many wrestlers talk about it. And I, I'm really excited to go to Money in the Bank in the NXT takeover there. I just, I, I feel like there's not a lot of wrestling venues that you look at as, you know, like, a bucket list one, like one where it's just like that place is where we should watch wrestling. Well, and that's the crazy thing about it is that as I, cause I've been to a bunch of shows there now. I don't think there's anything visually about it that really stands out. I don't think there's anything that like, I like, I don't get what makes it so special other than just it's loud and the crowds there are really good. I mean, it's, um, and I guess it, I think it has to do with, I know stone cold said that when you're in the middle of the ring, it just sounds so loud. That it's, he said it sounds like you're wrestling in front of so many more people than you actually are. And right. I'm ready to experience that from the stands. I especially wanna, for, yeah, for a good show like Money in the Bank. Well, especially like even the NXT TakeOver shows. I mean, I feel like yeah. every TakeOver show has at least one match that is a match of the year contender. And it's like, who's going to get it on this show? That's kind of the special thing about the TakeOver shows to me. True. Very true. And that's coming up in June. And uh, you and I will both be at that show. God damn, we've got a lot coming up in Chicago. We've got uh, those two. We've got um, Ring of Honor, New Japan, War of the Worlds. We'll be uh, we'll be sitting up front for that one. Hopefully, high five and Kenny Omega. Is that May or June? I think that one's June. No, that one's May. Okay. So, we so have there's one in May. There's one in June. There's one in September. One in September, <laughs> and then also, holy shit. Uh, Shout out to Dan Staggs for posting something on our Facebook earlier. What was that, Kaiju wrestling out of Chicago? Yeah. Didn't know anything about it, so you give Dan Staggs props for... Uh... <laughs> Jesus Christ, I had never heard of this. It's a promotion where there's just indie wrestling regular, but because it is a Kaiju promotion, they also have buildings set up on the outside of the rings and have matches with dudes in suits. Yeah. I mean, when I say uh, suits, I don't mean dressed up nice like the men in black. I mean, like, I, I literally watched Gumby with blood coming out of his mouth <laughs> destroy a building. <laughs> yeah, that's some crazy shit. So this may be something I have to go check out in my spare time. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking, like, I, you know, for me, it's a long-ass drive up to Chicago, and I have to kind of decide, is this worth a 14-hour round-trip drive? I think it might be. There, <laughs> I've driven further for dumber. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man. 
our our indie scene up here is kind of blowing up, wouldn't you say? I mean, uh, you've got at least two that I hear about often. AAW being the biggest, but I'm I'm hearing a good amount about freelance. Yep. And I saw that freelance is doing a uh, festival soon. That's kind of a punk festival. The Descendants are headlining, and then freelance is just going to have a show going on during it all. Correct. It's actually out in Tinley Park where my girlfriend lives, and uh, yeah, there's some big bands there, and um, yeah, no, our indie wrestling scene up here is pretty good. So the good news is I don't have to go too long before I have another opportunity at seeing a, a wrestling show of some sort. And WWE drops by here, you know, a few times a year. And Ring of Honor usually does one or two shows here a year. So, Do you have any very indie shows? Very, very indie. indie shows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we've got... I'm actually friends with a guy on Facebook who um, is in charge of a very indie wrestling promotion over here that does shows out of a lot of bars and stuff. Um, with people I've never fucking heard of before. And I think it's a lot of people. How well do you know this man? Not well at all. Well, um, you get on that and make sure that we can call a match there. I'm here's the thing. I have every intention of for, for an episode going to check out one of these shows because man, as much as I love shit, that's very indie. I need to go experience it for myself to report back to you. Oh yeah. The next one for me, they did announce the next, uh, Southern underground pro show here for Nashville. I believe it's a uh, four Well, get on that. I'll be there, man. I'll be reporting. So what do you say? Um, we get to some, uh, comments and some, uh, questions from our Twitter and our Facebook. Yeah. Hit me with them. Um, we had our good friend Dalton Kennerly. He asked a bunch of questions, uh, but I'll, I'll give you this one uh, and uh, let you respond to him. But um, does it feel like uh, the six packs challenge at Fastlane? Does it feel like it kind of cheapens the championship and that it's just thrown together? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just w- next question. <laughs> yeah. No. Um. um when I see that as like a main event for a pay-per-view, um, my immediate reaction is like, I fuck. I'm like, I don't think I want to, I wouldn't drive to that. That's a, I mean, I would see it if it were close by, but that isn't a main event that like makes me want to travel to see it. Like that seems just like a multi-man match I would see on SmackDown. Well, see, so here's the thing that match started out originally as AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. There was actually a dynamic there that made sense, and there was some actual like tension there that they had been working on for a while. So I understood, and, and I guess they just flaked out on that and got nervous about going that direction, so they just started adding people. <laughs> and, and now, now it's now the whole he, roster. Now here we are, yeah, basically. I'm pretty Cena. sure Dalton Castle's in that match. Is he? Yeah, and the boys. Um, and the gobbledygookers in it. Uh, Boogeyman just got added the other day. Like, here's the thing. I think it can still be a fine match. Like, there's no, I really, I mean, yeah, I, it just seems thrown together. To me, that's the knock on it. I don't know if it necessarily cheapens the title, because I feel like everyone knows where this is going anyway. Like, we're, we're pretty sure we're getting Styles Nakamura. Um, so I, it's just about bridging the gap to Mania for that. So does it really matter? Probably not. Wait, sorry. My, I just, uh, my phone just buzzed. It says that, uh, Sergeant Slaughter is putting on his gear and he'll be in that match too. Oh, that's funny. You're good at jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Adam, Adam Stinson asked us, um, do you think that Ronda Rousey's struggles on the mic are due to the overscripted nature of the current WWE creative direction because she wasn't a bad talker when she was in the UFC? Like I said, I think Ronda Rousey is a good shit talker. I liked watching her do it in the UFC. She seemed tough as hell, but it was also her just coming out and saying what was in her head. I think that she'll get better on the microphone, but I have a feeling that, you know, like us, she's a fan. She's been a fan of this forever, and she just got thrown into the middle of all this. This, sure. this was her, like, third, what, third time in the ring talking? Yeah, here's, here's how I kind of look at the situation. Um, I do think she actually is a natural on the mic. And I do think that the scripted nature of promos for some people, because I don't think everyone gets them as scripted as other people. 
I think probably the reason they're giving her more of a script than they do some of the other people on the roster is because she came from a shoot fight like like company. They're worried that if they just let her go out there as a as a green, you know, rookie and just start saying things, there's a potential she could drop an F bomb on live TV. She does swear a lot. Yeah. So I think there's probably like a okay, like you have to go out there and talk shit, but you can't just like legit talk shit. Otherwise we're gonna get in some some trouble. So part of me think that that's why that they're probably giving her a lot more scripted promos. But uh who knows? Yeah, uh, I, th- I I really think that if we just waited out and cause you know, we're watching somebody learn on television. For sure. Like no one else you know, just gets thrown into fucking wrestling and has their debut match at WrestleMania and has to learn their mic skills live on TV. Yeah. I, I and uh, you and I already talked about this. I think she's going to be fine. I think the, the, I think the in-ring stuff will come to her quicker than maybe the promo stuff. Um, but I don't think that the promo stuff is that far behind her ring stuff. I think she'll figure that out just to like, she'll find that she'll find the, the balance. Do you think Kurt um, Angle was the most interesting choice to have as not, her partner? No, but I don't. I don't think that the most interesting choice was available. The yeah, Dwayne wasn't available. But do you? Uh, I don't know. At this point, can you get excited about Kurt Angle still as a wrestler, or do you think they've made him too dopey as a general manager to take him seriously as a fighter? Well, it just depends on what Kurt Angle he is. Kurt Angle, because there's, I mean, there's been periods in Kurt Angle's wrestling career where he was the dopey guy, especially when he first came into WWE. Then he became the wrestling machine, and he was super serious, and he screamed a lot, and he would break your ankle. And a lot of people love that Kurt Angle too. Um, is he the most interesting choice for that match? In the sense that Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle were both at one period people who were like legit wrestlers and legit fighters. It's a cool pairing. But can Kurt Angle still wrestle? Can he can he still wrestle like a full match? Can he like step up and and do like a big match? I guess we'll find out. Um, there would have been a lot of it would have made a lot of sense, I guess, for them to have Strowman available for that spot because Strowman has recent history with Triple H. Um, and I guess you know Angle did too. They really are waiting on Strowman, like. It seems like they're going to wait till the last minute to decide whether or not Roman and Brock should be a triple threat. So for anyone who didn't watch Monday Night Raw, what they've determined is that Miz is going to defend the Intercontinental Championship against both Seth Rollins and Finn Balor at WrestleMania. And to me, that has a chance to be like one of, if not the match of the night. I know Nakamura Styles, Nakamura Styles will probably be hard to top, but they have a chance at it. Oh, um, I'm, I'm very excited that Miz is getting this match. And actually is getting like a notable WrestleMania match. The thing that I am most concerned about with that is I'm hearing that like Joe is close to being able to come back. And I'm afraid that they're just going to throw like three more guys in a ladder into that match. Yeah, I've actually heard rumors they still plan on doing that. God damn it. Like that, they, that they'll add Joe. They could still add Strowman. They could they I mean, they, there's other people they could add and then they could still make it a clusterfuck match. But which is a shame to me because I think that those three have good chemistry and they could really tear the fucking house down. They um, really could. I mean, honest, even just if you had a Rollins Balor match, that would be great. Throwing the Miz in there to just be, you know, be just shady walking around trying to fuck everybody. I, I not like sex. So weird, quick, like 30 second tangent. Um, I'm a big fan of the triple threat match. Um, and here's why. I love that when you add that third person, or sometimes even the fourth person, but we'll talk about triple threats. I love that it's no DQ, and I love the dynamic that it adds where locking a guy in a submission or going for a pinfall doesn't just involve the guy needing to kick out. There's the dynamic of the other guy breaking up the 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 like the submission or, or the, like it, to me it's just it's exciting. It adds a whole other list of things that you can do when there's another guy in there. Um, I, I completely agree with you uh, on that. I, I think there's some really, really exciting triple threat matches. Uh, one that comes to mind is actually that Rollins, uh, Cena, Brock Lesnar match from the Royal Rumble a few years ago. Right. I thought that was an awesome one. 
I do think, though, I don't know. There's just something at WrestleMania. I want singles matches. Sure. Um, and I think we're going to get them. Like, like as, as I look ahead to Mania and I start kind of seeing how the card's going to shape out if we do end up getting Cena Undertaker, there's going to be plenty of singles matches on this card. And it's good that this WrestleMania, like, so far, I don't want to jinx it or anything, they're not going to overload it with legends. Like, the legends and, and the veterans and stuff only have, like, a few bit parts, it seems like. Um, and they're going to be quarantined to a couple matches. But I can tell you my predictions for the matches that have the best chance to be matches of the night for this year's WrestleMania. Um, obviously, Styles and Nakamura. If the Miz, Rollins, Balor triple threat holds up, that has a chance at it. If they end up giving Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens a match at WrestleMania, that has a chance of being match of the night because those two know each other so well. Um, so did you say I, Bailey I, and uh, Sasha? Yeah, Bailey and Sasha. Like that is that. Oh my god! Honest, just those two against each other gets me as excited as Sammy and Kevin against each other. Well, yeah. Um, there, uh, that's the thing. This is shaping up to be a good WrestleMania. The problem is, how many times have we said this in the past, and then when it, in time comes, they drop the ball? Not being negative, I think they have a good shot at actually pulling this one off this year. Um, Just as long as they don't... The th- already, though, this is so many matches. Like, I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to give that many people singles matches, and that is what concerns me. Well, somebody's going to wind up on the pre-show. It's just going to be a matter of who it is. Ryback. Um, so one more question, then I guess we'll get out of here. Um, what do you think is going to happen with Johnny Wrestling? This is coming from Ryan Harrington. I think that we're going to see huge things out of Johnny Wrestling in uh, 205 Live. I say you think he's going I, straight to 205 Live? I say he debuts on 205 Live, uh, the SmackDown after Mania. You know, the cruiserweights are on Raw. He could show up on Raw. Yeah, but I think that you save him as something special. Like, I feel like if you're really trying to sell me on 205 Live, he is a good champion or a good person to have chase a title. Sure. Uh, Could be the first challenger for whoever wins the cruiserweight belt, too. And, yeah, god damn it. Like, where are we in the... I I mean, obviously, we recorded this right after SmackDown happened, uh, so we didn't get to watch 205 Live this week, but... What's it down to now? Like Roddy, uh, Roddy Strong, and who else is still in this thing? You've been keeping up with it a little bit closer than I have, um, but I think Roderick Strong has a good chance of actually being the guy who wins it. Man, that w- if I f- I watched Roddy for like a year and a half be the champ at PWG, one of the best heels I've ever seen in my whole life, and if I get to see him have a singles match at WrestleMania for a title. That's fucking crazy to me. Yeah, that's we'll a, see what they just, do. I'm excited. I'm excited for having Gargano up on the main ro- main roster. So, oh yeah, Gargano is the even if he were just you could put him on Raw and he would be great. Like he a hundred percent fills that Daniel Bryan spot. Yeah, we talked about that. I think you're absolutely right. He could absolutely take that spot and and uh, wrestle a hell of a match. And I don't think he has as many injuries either. So no, he I feel like, yeah he doesn't really wrestle as dangerous of a style. But I don't know, just he's a really just looking at his face. He's just such a likable guy. Yeah. Well, hey, man, this has been fun. Uh, ring the fucking bell, dude. Oh, wait. Hey, we can't ring the bell just yet. Oh, yeah. Every I'm week on caught. this show, because, you know, as wrestling fans, we complain a fair amount. But we do end every show by saying something nice. Derek. Say Dolph something Ziggler. Nice. Dolph Ziggler. Not a guy I really like. Um, I think he's got all sorts of fucking talent in the ring. Uh, Works one hell of a match. Worked one hell of a match tonight on SmackDown. Um, Can be exciting at times. Uh, Just, I don't know. I I don't know if I'm over, he's overexposed to me. But, uh, yeah, Dolph Ziggler's a great fucking worker. Um, And probably maybe one of the best workers of the last decade. Um, Not usually a fan of his, but... Fuck, man, he can work one hell of a match. I, I mean, I can't, I can't deny that. I don't understand his career too much. Like, I, I, <laughs> he's a guy that I've loved so many different times and just never got a payoff for liking him or buying those shirts. 
Except for that one Survivor Series where he was the sole survivor for Team Cena. I'll never stop talking about that Survivor Series. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, man? Who you got? Well, I I kind of spoiled this last week, but I realized when I said it that it's true. Uh, I have never cared for Bob Holly. (laughs) I feel like if I met Bob Holly, he is going to say something that makes me uncomfortable as a person. Like, and probably hurt you. He's gonna like. He's really gonna try and pick apart my masculinity, which is already low. <laughs> and uh, he's gonna make me really self conscious. And I feel like a lot of wrestlers wouldn't do that to me. But Bob Holly, you know what? Fuck it. I'll go to WrestleCon this year, and I'll t- let you know when it happens. I'll wait in a line to meet Bob Holly and see if he degrades me in some way after I give him twenty dollars. I would. If Bob Holly beats the shit out of you, I'm not intervening in that one. Wait, that is the match that you're just like, nah. No. <laughs> Brock Lesnar's worth winding up in a news headline over. Bob Holly is not. Fuck, like, when he, what, did he start out as a race car gimmick, and then his gimmick, <laughs> he was like sp- Spacely Sprockets? <laughs> and, and, and Brock Lesnar broke his neck. Probably on purpose. He probably chopped him too hard. Oh, that's it what was I was going to say nice but... about Bob Holly. Hell of a chop. That looks no, like that's a... your nice thing. <laughs> Because I, I already said it last week, but I was like, Bob Holly seems like an asshole, hell of a chop. Alberto Del Rio, he can, he, he can't, he's not my my cup of tea, but boy, he can he whistle. And Bob Holly, hell of a chop. Yeah, like I just, I don't want to hang out with Bob Holly, not even a little bit. <laughs> like if you gave me a list of a hundred wrestlers, he is going to be the last person on there. It's like, who do you want to hang out with, Great Kali or uh, Bob Holly? I hear Great Kali's hilarious. To hang out I bet with. he is. I bet he's... I, Bob Holly's never even heard a joke. Bob Holly, he is a joke. Hell of a chop. <laughs> I'll see you at the next pay-per-view, Bob. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for checking us out again. We had so much fun uh, chatting wrestling with you. Uh, please check us out on Facebook. We're at Wrestle Hangout. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter. We're Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. We will... You know what? I realize on this show, we've never said what day this is. In theory, this is Thursday for you. This comes out every Thursday. Thank you for listening. Uh, thanks to all the new listeners out there. We're starting to see some people pop up in the, the UK. That's awesome. I, I'm Sweden. Yeah. It's, thanks, Sweden. Thanks for uh, showing up on there. You know, hop on the Twitter, the Instagram. Let us know uh, what you want us to talk about. Hey, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. And hit our goddamn music. <laughs>